Praise the Lord. Tonight we're going to take some truths from titled The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Many times in scripture, God introduced himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. There are a number of considerations with this title. On a divine side, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have a representation as in the Trinity or the eternal Godhead, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. On a human side, these men reflect the dealings of God in our lives, the lives of believers as we make our way through this world in our pilgrimage and God deals with us and leads us and brings us into fulfillment and his call in our lives. But I have a particular inspiration in my spirit today. Number one, the God of Abraham is a promise of increase for your life. The God of Abraham, a promise of increase for your life. It can be heard in the first words of God to this man in Genesis chapter 12. And the Bible says we walk in the steps of the faith of our father Abraham. As God dealt with him, God deals with us. Genesis 12, 1 to 3, Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house. Get born again to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What a word from God over your life today. I will bless you, God says. I'm going to make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I'll show you a land, an inheritance for your life. This promise of increase is seen in Genesis 17, 5, when the Lord changed Abram's name to Abraham. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. God came and changed his name. God gave him a new name, and the promise of the word of God is that God gives every one of us a new name. With our spiritual destiny, with our inheritance, with our call in God in it, Isaiah 51 and verse 1. Listen to me, Isaiah said. Words of the Lord, you who follow after righteousness, you who seek the Lord, look to the rock from which you were hewn and to the hole of the pit, the quarry, from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you, for I called him alone. Just one person. I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. The promise of God that's for increase in our life. God says, look to Abraham. Look to Sarah, your spiritual mother. I called Abraham. He didn't have much. He didn't have anything. Just a born-again life. But I had a promise and a call upon him. And I blessed him and I increased him. The God of Abraham... It's a promise of increase in our life. Now some of the increase we see is for our lifetime. We see the goodness of the Lord coming upon our life. Abraham was, the Bible says, increased in flocks and herds and servants and, and, and in prominence. But there are many things 
when God comes to us that we will not see in this lifetime, but our descendants will see it. So it was with Abraham, and so we have to get that in our spirit. Many of the things that God has spoken to us, we will not see the fulfillment of it in our lifetime, but it will come to pass as we hold to the word of the Lord. Don't get too impatient now. Patience makes believers do some silly things. Impatience. God spoke to Abram. 10, 11 years went by, and God said, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to give you inheritance, sons and daughters and seed. 10, 11 years went by, and Abraham didn't have a child. Sarah was barren, and they were getting on in age. And so Abraham and Sarah decided to bring forth a child in another way, not God's way. And Abraham took the maid of Sarah, married her, and brought forth a child, and they called his name Ishmael. It was the product of human ingenuity. It was man trying to make the promise of God and the increase of God come forth. But that Ishmael did not have spiritual life in it. That Ishmael did not have the call of God. It did not have prophetic destiny in it. The word of the Lord was, In Isaac shall your seed be called. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the Holy Spirit is spirit. We've got to wait for God. Another 13 years went by. Abraham was now 99. Can you imagine? 25 years since he felt the call of God and the word of the Lord had come that he would be increased. He'd have family and seed and generation. 25 years went by. And then God came to him when Abram was 99 years old. And he said, Abram, I'm going to change your name from father. Abram means father to Abraham, father of a multitude. I mean, if you thought Abram was bad, Abraham was outrageous. Father, and he had no seed, no son with Sarah. And now to call himself father of a multitude. When God gives us a word, we can speak that word, and we can go with that word. Now Abram, Abraham in his lifetime only saw one son and two grandsons. That's all he ever saw. He lived to 175 years of age. One son, Isaac, two grandsons, Jacob and Esau, and they were 15 years of age when Abram passed away. But the promise of God is true. And we look at the world today, and we know across the world, the seed of Abraham is multiplied across the world. The natural seed as the sand of the sea in the Middle East and all over the world. Those are the sons and daughters. That's the, those are the descendants of Abraham. And the spiritual seed as the stars of the heaven. So shall your seed be all across the world for thousands of years now. People that have come to faith in Christ are the spiritual seed, the true sons and daughters of Abraham out of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation. The redeemed of the Lord have come. When God gives you a word, you hold to that word. You speak that word. We don't look at the circumstance. We don't look at the apparent lack. We look at the promise of God. Listen, it's never wrong to say what God says. 
We confess his promise. We confess his word to us. Even though we don't see the results that we think we should, or we wonder about God's timetable in our lives, if we have a word from God, we must hold to that word. And when we're tempted and tried, we go back to that word and say, God, you spoke into my life. You spoke into my family. I take that word from you. We say, I never really had a word from the Lord where he spoke into an area of my life. Well, you have a book full of the promises of God. Take hold of those promises. Begin to speak them. Don't speak what comes to your own mind. Don't speak out of your own emotions. Don't speak out of your own frustration. Speak what God says. Say what God says. The promise of increase. Look at Romans 4, 17. As it is written... I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed, God. Abraham believed that promise of God. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations so that he became the father of many nations. You might be sitting here tonight and say, well, it would have happened anyways. God spoke over Abraham. The descendants would have come. The Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that Abraham believed God. He took hold of that promise of God so that he became the father of many nations. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. And not being weak in faith, Has your faith weakened in the promise of God? We are not those who draw back, but we believe to the saving of the soul. God says, I have no pleasure in those that draw back. Do we hold to the promise in the face of contradiction, in the face of circumstances, in the face of our own negativity? We hold to the promise of God, not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body. My, there's a lot of consideration of the body these days, isn't there? How I'm feeling today. Any aches and pains? Wonder if I should check myself out. So much consideration of the body. And yet he said, I am the Lord that heals you. And as your days, so shall your strength be. Not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, building up yourselves upon your holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. Take hold of the word of God. Take hold of the promise. Confess nothing else. Speak the word of God. It's never wrong to say what God says, but it may certainly be wrong to say what you might be inclined to say. The God of Abraham, it's a promise of increase to our lives. 
And listen again, it may go beyond our lifetime. We see certain things unfolding and we rejoice. But if we will hold to the promise of God, keep speaking his word, keep speaking what he said, it will go down a generational blessing into sons and daughters and grandchildren and on down the line because the mercies of God endure for a thousand generations until the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Number two, the God of Isaac. It's a promise of laughter. Maybe you haven't laughed for a long time. The God of Isaac is a promise of laughter. Isaac means laughter. Literally, the sound of laughter. God's people need to laugh. We need to laugh. We need that joy of the Lord to flow up in our heart and encourage us and brighten our spirit and brighten our personality and brighten our day. God wants his people to laugh. Proverbs 17, says, A merry heart does good like medicine. A merry heart is the joy of the Lord. Nehemiah 8 and verse 10, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, Drink the sweet and send portions to those for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy, separated unto the Lord. Do not sorrow. Get the sorrow and mourning out of your life. Ask God to heal you. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaac, the promise of laughter. We need to learn to laugh because of the joy of the Lord in our lives and the blessing of God in our lives. Isaac was the promised son, the son of the father, the only begotten of Abraham. And he is a picture of Jesus Christ. Abraham took that son Isaac and in type, or as an illustration, took him up to Mount Moriah, there in type to sacrifice him for the sins of the people, to be a savior. 2,000 years later, the Son of God was taken up that very same mountain by his father, and he shed his blood for the sins of the world. Mount Moriah, Jerusalem, Calvary's Hill. Isaac means laughter. The son of the father, his name is laughter. If you can receive it tonight, Jesus is laughter. His name means laughter. And he wants to put laughter in our spirit. It's a dreary world. But the Lord wants to put laughter in our heart because of who's inside of us. When Sarah finally conceived and carried this son and brought forth this son who represents Jesus, Isaac, laughter, the son of God. The Bible says in Genesis 21, 6, and Sarah said, God has made me laugh. God has made me laugh. You might not be able to laugh in yourself. Your circumstances in this world might not put laughter into you. But there's one who can make you laugh, and his name is God. God has made me laugh. She said, and all who hear will laugh with me. Can you hear? Can you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying? He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Like Sarah, you've received the Son. You've received Isaac. You've received Jesus Christ. He's in you, and his name is Laughter. And because Jesus Christ is in you, 
you can laugh because God has made you to laugh. The world is heavy. Circumstances are difficult sometimes. Unrelenting pressure. Many forces that come against us. The world is a dreary place. The world can be tiring and burdensome, but God says he wants to put laughter in us. Jesus said there's a joy inside of you that no one can take away. John 16, 22, Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm going the way of the cross, but I will see you again when I resurrect from the dead. We serve a living Savior. Jesus said, I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. Your joy no one can take from you. This laughter of God because of who's inside of us and because of our eternal salvation. 1 Peter 1.8 says, Whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. There's so much joy inside, I, I can't even get it all out. We'll try, we'll shout, we'll dance, we'll praise the Lord, we'll speak of the goodness of God, but it's a joy inexpressible. It's too much. The Son of God, Jesus Christ, lives within, and his name is Laughter. Here's an excerpt from a book, Praying Hyde, his biography. And there was a brother in India. His they, he went by the name or the letter G. It says, Ah, G. A poor Punjabi brother of low caste origin has been used of God to teach us all how to make such times of prayer a very heaven upon earth. How to prevent the pleasure of praying and even of wrestling ever descending into a toil. How often has G, after most awful crying, seemed to break through the hosts of evil and soar up into the presence of the Father. You could see the smile of God reflected on his face. Then he would laugh aloud in the midst of his prayer. It was the joy of a son reveling in the delight of his father's smile. God has been teaching John Hyde and me that his name is the God of Isaac, laughter. Have you observed that picture of heaven in Proverbs 8.30? I was daily in his delight. That is the father's love being showered upon his own son. No wonder that in such a home the son should say that he was always rejoicing before him rejoicing laughing the same word as isaac this holy laughter seemed to relieve the tension and give heaven's own refreshment to wrestling spirits he's the god of abraham it's a promise of increase he's the god of isaac it's a promise of laughter and number three the god of jacob a promise of change character change, personality transformation, becoming partakers of the divine nature. God wants to deal with the character deficiency in us, with our inconsistencies, 
with our emotional struggles, with our negativity, with our complaint, with the flesh life, those things in our character that we know are not of the Lord. He's the God of Jacob. It's a promise of change in our life. We used to sing a song years ago, from glory to glory, he's changing me. In every way, he's changing me. Into his likeness for all to see, Jesus is changing me. Little by little, he's changing me. Line upon line, he's changing me. Precept on precept, until I am free. Jesus is changing me. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. The more we live in the divine nature, the more we live in the power and character of Jesus Christ, the freer we are, the more filled with joy, the more usable we are to the purposes of God. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. We look into the Word. We look into the glory of God. We look into the face of Jesus Christ. We look into spiritual realities. We look into the presence of the Holy Spirit. And little by little, we're changed from glory to glory. The Lord is changing us. He's the God of Jacob. It's a promise of change. Jacob means heel grabber one who takes by the heel. He wanted to bring other people down. He wanted to pull other people back so he could get advantage. It means deceitful. It means supplanter. There was a streak of manipulation in Jacob to seek his own way, his own advantage. But Jacob was not satisfied in who he was. He knew that struggle inside of him. He felt the struggle of his own personality, his flesh life, his own disposition, and he wasn't satisfied. He wanted God to change him. He said, I want to be different. I want to be free from these things that bind me, these outbursts of wrath, this unruly tongue, these inconsistencies, this emotional disorder, this personality difficulty in my life. He said, I want to be free from it. I want to be more Christ-like. I want to be free to serve God. And it all came to a point one night as he wrestled with God. You know, there's so much tension in homes and families. Breakdown in relationships and marriages, friendships. So much struggle even in our own selves, because of what still remains, those unredeemed aspects of our life. So much tension and difficulty on the job. A world filled with strife and war. And it's all because of that Jacob disposition. It's because of the Jacob disposition. Heel grabbing, deceit, wanting advantage, selfishness, our own way. Jacob came to the end of himself. 
He was tired of where his conniving and his own way had gotten him. And one night he began to call on the Lord, Genesis 32, 24. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as God wrestled with him. God said, let me go, for the day breaks. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you change me. I will not let you go until you get this difficulty in my personality out of me, till you get this stubbornness out of me, till you get this rebellion, till you get this waywardness, till you get this deceit out of me, till you get this unruly tongue out of me. I will not let you go until you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, Jacob. He said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, prince with God. For you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Hallelujah. Like Jacob, we need to get into the presence of God with our personality disorders and our character deficiencies and the things that cause strife and struggle in our homes and in our own lives with our own emotions. We need, like Jacob, to get into the presence of God and begin to call out on God for change. You begin to wrestle and cry out for before God, and God will wrestle with you. God knows how to touch our flesh life. God knows how to change us. He knows how to lead us from glory to glory. He knows how to bring us from where we are to where he wants to be. From deceivers, from a Jacob nature, from a Jacob disposition, to a prince with God, so we can rule and reign in life by one Jesus Christ our Lord and be set free from the power of the flesh. Worship team, come. He's the God of Abraham. Isaac and Jacob, take it in tonight. Pull it into your spirit. He's the God of Jacob, or he's the God of Abraham. It's a promise of increase for your life. Don't let go of the promise of God. Hold to the promise of God. If you've let go of the words of the Lord and your faith is weak, like Abraham, strengthen yourself in faith. Take hold of the word of God once again. Build up yourself on your most holy faith in that word and promise of God. He's the God of Isaac. It's a promise of laughter. Take time to laugh in the presence of God. Take time to let his joy flow up in your heart. Jesus Christ is in you. His name is laughter. Laughter is inside of you. Laughter is Jesus. Let the joy of the Lord overflow your heart and bring you some gladness, and bring you some refreshment, and bring you some merriment in your life day by day. Begin to praise the Lord and sing the goodness of the Lord in your life. Perhaps you're have allowed a melancholy spirit to settle on you. Spirit of heaviness just kind of broods over you every day. You walk around with your head downcast. The Lord says he's the God of laughter. He's inside of you. Begin to laugh. Begin to shake off the spirit of heaviness. Begin to praise the Lord and walk in the joy of the living God. He's the God of Jacob. 
the God of change. Anyone tonight say, I need some change. I need God to deal with me. I need God to deal with my character, my inconsistencies. I blurt out whatever I want. I complain and run over at the mouth negative. Puts tension in my home, my marriage. Causes strife with my children. I need change. He's the God of Jacob. It's a promise of change in your life. This night, let's stand together this evening and let's for a few moments press into the Lord. Let's put our lives before him like Jacob. Say, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. If you need a promise of increase tonight, take hold of your, the word of the Lord. If you need some laughter, take hold of the laughter of the living God. If you need some change, take hold of change tonight and call on God and say, Lord, I will not let you go until you change me, until you bless me, and I am free to serve the living God. Hallelujah.